Tonight, I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, today I left in a miserable state. I was so discouraged of how I did this morning, you know. I always wanted to do better, you know. And, um, you know, um, coming home after 14 years of seeing people I haven't seen in a while and tell them how to live is really not the best idea, you know. And tonight I'm doing a testimony, which is not the best idea either, when my family in the audience, I'm breaking all the rules. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, sometimes it's more comfortable around strangers, you know, to tell them your problems and your concerns. But I want to, uh, I I, I, not apologize, but say thank you again for letting me, you know, letting me start in front of an audience, a live audience. And, and uh, it really meant a lot to me that you guys were so encouraging and forgiving, you know. Thank you. Thank you. So, And tonight, my testimony, I'm here for a reason, and um, I know that now, you know. Even today, I fought through. There's, there's so many. Uh, the Bible says it's not a battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, uh, evil in high places. And that's what I'm battling right now. Imagine the, imagine, imagine the devil in my head telling me, "You're not good, Lance. Go home. You know, go back to what you're doing. Go back to magic. It's easier. You know, there's no scrutiny. You, you can make everybody smile and leave. You know, and that's what hurt me the best, the most this morning is when I perform, people smile. You know, Amen. what you just saw earlier, everyone's happy, right? And church is not the case. Even the church where people should be the most happiest, sometimes it's, you know, there's no reaction. You know, there's no yes, you know. And um, that's what hurt me this morning. I, I've been doing performing for 14 years, but guess what? It's performing, you know. And uh, uh, what's the Bible say? Um, flattery is deceptive, you know. And um, deception is always, always, let me find the words here. Let me relax. Because I talk really fast, and I'm learning that I talk faster sometimes than I need to, you know. I need to slow my speech down and catch up, especially for you guys, right? Yeah. And uh, I always say I was lucky because um, um, I have no accent. People tell me, you're from, you're from, you're from Texas? I'm like, yeah. Like, they don't believe it. But I think I was fortunate. I stuttered so much that I could never get an accent, you know, and talk fast. And um, it's crazy. When I was young, um, a challenging thing for me was a stutter. You know, I couldn't say anything. I would be like... You remember me, Kevin? I'd be like, I have to stomp and say what, you know, or my name, you know, to get it out. And so that was a challenge early on that I had to get around and overcome. And now I thank God for that because without that challenge, you know, without it's humbling. And um, with every, with every, I guess, what is it, burden or um, or a trial? Guess what? You have to find a way around it. And my fast speech is a way around stuttering. That's crazy. Cause I would jump words in my head. I would see a word I can't say, and I have to go around it, jump over it. I have to find a word that sounds like the same, that means the same. And uh, so that's, and that's not a sad story, you know, but uh, but it's my story. And um, so I apologize for talking fast because I'm jumping words in my mind, you know. I'm jump, I'm going around words. I'm finding words that mean the same, you know. And thank you for listening hard for me because 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 I know I'm talking fast when I see people like this, you know, they're straining. <laughs> They're keeping up with with my vocab- with my speech pattern. Um, anyway, now to my testimony. Um, I'm going to say some things tonight that probably shock you about me. You know what I'm saying? Because I uh, have a nice presentation. You know, I have it all together right here. But I haven't always. I, I still don't have it all together. But I'm going to share with you my my journey in life. And thanks for listening. You know, because I think anybody could get up here and give a testimony, and it would be it would be awesome. You know, because everyone has their own story. But um, I want to tell you mine. I guess. We're all the same, right? We're, I was born in Kennard, and you know that. I was raised in a small town, and um, I was happy. I was blessed and didn't, didn't even know it, you know. I used to watch TV and, and see people. I remember um, watching Dynasty, and um, I lived in Baker Springs with a party line. You pick up the phone, guess what? There's a few people on the phone, you know. And um, I'm like, excuse me, can I, can I use the phone, please? I got a call, you know, my girlfriend, maybe. Please don't listen in. And um, 
And uh, I remember watching Dynasty, and Alexis, she picks up the phone. I'm sorry, kids. This is before you. And she goes, hello. I'm like, Alexis didn't even check to see if, to, to see if anyone's on the phone, you know? And um, so that's how naive I was, you know? And um, blessed to protect it and didn't even know it, you know? I would... I would. I, I always wanted to travel. I would see cars pass by, and um, this is my first revelation from God. I saw a Florida license plate. I'm saying, man, I would love to be in Florida. You know, it's the desire in my heart. You know. Guess what? Um, after high school, I wanted to uh, get out of Kennard, You know, because I wanted to see the world. I signed up for the Air Force, and uh, like, you want to work at helicopters? I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, you know. And three months later, I'm turning um, <laughs> turning wrenches on helicopters, and not realizing what I actually committed to. You know, but. Uh, Guess where I got stationed? I was stationed in Florida, you know? So that's the first time that God, this connection I made with God. I'm like, wow, God, desire in my heart. I'm in Florida. I'm around the beach, you know? I'm seeing the white sand, you know? It's like a vacation every day. After work, I would go to the beach and enjoy the water. And um, so I was, I was still blessed. I still had God in my heart. I was still a nice guy. I was able to make a lot of friends because I was so godly that the world liked me. I was a light, you know, and didn't even know it. And people came toward me because I was... I didn't lie. I didn't deceive. You know. You know. Yes, I did. But you know, at the same time, I'm. As compared to the world, I was pretty good. You know. And uh, I met guys from California, from Florida, from New York. You know. Nothing bad about New York, but New Yorkers are some of the most cr- critical spirits I've ever seen. You know, they they're they're tough. And uh, and I, I think looking back on it right now, I'm gonna scatter my thoughts. But there's principalities in charge of this world. The Bible says there's principalities. There's spirits in charge right now. And I think certain spirits get a hold in California, for example. Look at California. It's obvious there's a, there's a principality, a, a darkness over California, a darkness over Las Vegas. It's called Sin City, guys, you know? And they're obvious about it. They even say it, you know, come to Las Vegas where everything that goes to Vegas stays in Vegas, you know? Yeah. Think about that, guys. There's there's spirits in charge. And I think there's a spirit here in this, and that's been slowly worked down, but we are still pretty blessed to live in, in the country, you know, and be protected from a lot of, a lot of uh, just sin. Let's, let's make it, make it uh, easy, sin. And... Um, let me follow God's words now because I'm, I can talk all day and, and uh, I'm looking at the clock this time. So, But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I got to Florida, was in the Air Force and uh, still pretty strong. After the Air Force, I got out, I was floundering. Then I got into magic. I still had a pretty good, I was married. I remember my household sweetheart, you know. And um, so after getting into magic, my first big risk, I realized in life, guys, you have to take risks. You know, um, moves are scary. This is scary. But I guess what every scary thing you do, Every risk that looks so daunting, every giant you face, once you face that giant, guess what? It's your next level in life, you know? And uh, the adults here, they know this probably, but uh, the kids, I want to encourage. I wish there were more kids here tonight. You know, that's what I think we all need to do is bring the kids to church, you know? Uh, Parents, you have kids, guess guess who's the parent, you know? I'm going to help you be a parent. You can make your kids come to church. What's the problem? You have a drug problem? uh, Yeah, you got drug to church? Yeah, bring your kids to church, you know? You're the parent. Don't forget that. I mean... I was drug at church on a few occasions. Thank you, Dad, once again, you know, at the time. And you guys can see a closed circle here. For your, it's your privilege to see uh, that my dad's here. Uh, hey, Dad, did I want to go to church every morning? Did I want to go? You did. Did I want to go? Exactly. And, and, and what you do when I didn't want didn't to go to church? He made me go to church, guys, you know. Thank, praise God, you know. He made me go to church. Um, but what happened, well, guess what, after, um, this is scattered testimony, but well, I lived in Florida for a long time. Guess what? I haven't cracked the Bible in four years. I haven't been to church in four years, you know. I had, had freedom that I always wanted because I, I felt trapped in church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, every Wednesday night. And so 
I thought at 18, you know, I, I pretty much know it all. So guess what? No more church for me, you know. I've got enough church to last a lifetime. Little did I know I was wrong. Um, I come home, and guess what? Uh, I come home on a weekend, and Dad said, let's go to church. I'm like, you know, Dad, I'm not going to go to church, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man now. And what happened that day, Dad? You said it broke your heart that day. What happened that day? Mm-hmm. Broke his heart, you know. But guess what? He had, to, he had to keep praying, you know. Had to keep praying. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Anyway, so I live in Las Vegas. Guess what? I'm still Mr. Nice Guy. I'm still a light to the world. Um, I'm blessed and don't even know it. I avoid temptations. I'm, I I lived in Las Vegas and didn't have a gambling problem, didn't have a drinking problem, no drug problem. I was I was still pretty good, you know. So I guess what my next big risk, um, I guess I can tell the story. Uh, I was a golden boy. I, I, went to, I went to Las Vegas. I worked at a magic shop. And I got promoted pretty, pretty nice because I was honest. I was on time. I, I worked. My dad taught me to work, and I worked. You know, I worked a lot when I was young. That worked at the was what drove me to success. You know, I mean, I got promoted pretty quickly. Um, after four years, I was the manager of a magic shop in Las Vegas. You know, I would. I was scheduling people. I was doing magic. I was uh, in charge. And guess what? Um, it's crazy. I have a connection with Houdini. Um, Gino Minari is the owner of uh, Houdini's magic shop in Las Vegas. And he opened a museum uh, next door that featured all of Houdini's stuff. He had his handcuffs, his straight jacket. Every art, every, um, everything Houdini had ever touched, every artifact was in that museum. And um, so I come to work one time. Uh, actually, in the morning, September 11th, 2001, when the planes flew into the towers, uh, guess what? Las Vegas was shut down. So I come to work that morning. And um, in Las Vegas, you're like, wow, the world's in shock. After the first week, business is still suffering. So Gino has to lay managers off. He has to cut salaries, you know. So the first time I have to fire people, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. And Suzanne, who watched the museum, I'm like, Suzanne, uh, I'm sorry, but you're laid off now, you know. Uh, I'll watch the museum. And that was hard for me. So what happens is we're selling tickets to the museum. And um, I'm trying to get my words in God's words here. And uh, anyway, so there's no there's an honor system. So if I sell a ticket to the museum next door to see Houdini's straitjacket, guess what? No one's watching the museum now. So a week goes by, and um, I come home, and my cashier, she calls me and says, Lance, bad news. Houdini's uh, straitjacket has been stolen. I'm like, excuse me, you know? Stolen? She goes, yeah, it's been stolen. I'm like, I'll call Gino. So I call Gino. I said, Gino, bad news. Um, someone stole the straitjacket. He goes, you're fired. In, in some horrible language that, and I'm like, excuse me, Gino, like, you know, like, fired? You know, I, I'm your golden boy. I've given blood here four, four years for you. Because you're fired. I'm like, I'm like maybe he's mad. I'll, I'll go to work and, uh, you know, and until he cools down. I go to work. I call the police and tell them that someone stole Houdini's straitjacket. You know, isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know, someone stole the jacket. And I'm, I'm at Houdini's magic shop, and he calls me, and I answer the phone. I say, Houdini's magic shop is Lance. He goes, I, I thought I fired you. You're fired. Get out of my store. I'm like, Gino. Four years, you know, like, I'm fired. Because you're fired. Get out of my store. So what happened, what I found out was he was suffering. I'm caught in the first thing of the world. I'm caught in embezzlement. What he had done, he had um, had someone steal the jacket. And he filed insurance. And plus, he cut all the managers, you know. So I lost my commission. I lost my job as a scapegoat, you know. So this is my first bad deal in life, you know, seeing, wait a minute, I'm caught in a pretty bad thing, you know. So... 
I come back to work after two weeks. He hires me back. He goes, I'll hire you back, Lance, but not as the manager. You know, we'll cut your pay. So I'm back in bitter. But guess what? Being fired, guys, was the best thing that happened to me because what it did, it created a spirit in me knowing that I will never, ever be in that position again. So what do I know? I know magic, you know. What can I do? I can maybe start a magic shop. We're at, I don't know, maybe a mini Las Vegas. What is that, San Antonio probably? Yeah, so let's go to San Antonio. So luckily I had established good credit and because uh, no one would loan me a loan to open a magic shop. So I work in the daytime for, for Gino. I come home, I'm making phone calls, trying to get money, but no bank will loan me money. And we, I get one, I get a thing in the mail of a credit card approved for 25 grand. I fill it out. And a week later, um, I have $25,000 of credit, you know. Thank God, another blessing, you know, another blessing out of nowhere. So my next big risk, guys, I'm going to open a business. So I I sell my home. I load my stuff up and ride a truck, and I come to San Antonio. And once again, it's a big risk, guys. I was in my truck, Misty, my wife, and I. I was shaking. I was so scared. It's such a big risk to do that. And... Uh, and guess what? We got to San Antonio, um, opened the magic shop. It became instantly successful. You know, I was I went from, um, I don't boast or brag, but I never made any real money. My first year, guys, I, I made over $200,000, you know. Can you guys imagine that? $200,000, me from Kennard, Texas, who, you know, not not poverty, but, you know, I had it pretty rough a lot, you know what I'm saying? And I'm thankful for that. But I cried. The, the, first, the, the first year that I saw my um, statement, I'm like, I cried, $200,000, you know. I made that doing magic. Guess, guess what I didn't think? I didn't thank God, you know. Guess what? Money will change you guys, you know. I have money. Guess what? I haven't read my Bible in uh, 12 years. I haven't been to church in 12 years. Wow. You know. So what do I do? I, um, I start acting successful, you know. I start buying new clothes. I listen to the story, guys, how not crazy, how crazy I went. I would... I bought a $500,000 home in a in a established part of San Antonio. Uh, I had a wardrobe, and not to brag or boast, guys, where I've been, but I mean, this is this is my story. And I think people didn't hear this about money because I think people were chasing money here, you know, like I was, you know. And you need to know that it's not happiness, guys. Um, I, I went crazy. I had drugs that were $10,000 in my house, guys. You know, think about that. You know, what I could do with that money now? Come on, you know, it's in the wrong hands. It's in devil's hands, guys. It's selfish. Uh, like I said this morning, I had to cook the cook for me, you know. I had a maid to clean my house, you know. What, what next? I'm not happy yet. What I want, I want to escalate, you know. So I buy an escalate. I buy a Cadillac escalate, you know. Like, okay, now I've established myself. I can be on the road. And, and my spirit, who I am, is, is, is transferred to everyone. Uh, I want a vacation, so I vacation. So I enjoy the fruits of my labor. I remember um, one evening, I was on my computer. I was watching my business on cameras. I didn't have to work anymore. I was watching my business on cameras. And I'm like... I'm not happy, you know. I'm not happy. What would make me happy? And guess what the devil told me? Right? Guess what, you know? Women, you know? Like, you're not partying, Lance. You're not, you haven't experienced the world yet, you know? You've been good. You've been married the whole time, you know? What you need is to be Gene Simmons. You need to be Hugh Hefter, and that's you need to be. Think about this, guys, right? Mm -hmm. So what I do, I start looking my wife's direction, you know? Guess what? Uh, and kids, you know, uh, Trying to do his words, not my words, you know. So, I'm going to tell you something about um, pornography, guys. I think everyone can hear that word. Like, I lusted in my heart for the women, guys, right? And I'm sorry, you have to hear that. I was, I was taking a turn for the worst, you know. 
So after 12 years, my Missy and I weren't getting along anymore, and we were just not seeing eye to eye. She didn't respect me anymore because money just clouded our, our feelings, you know. And guess what I do? Divorce after 12 years, guys. There's a lot of details in between, but divorce. So I'm in the world. And guess what? The world took me with open arms, guys. I've got the money. I've got the, I've got the ways. I've got the truck. I've got the clothes, you know. And I, I remember the first club I walked into, it was so opening arms. It's like I had power, you know. The devil had given me power in the world. My light attracted all the darkness, you know. I was, um, it's hard to say, you know, but I was, I was starting to love the world. And at first it didn't feel right, but um, you get comfortable real fast in the world, you know. And um, for you guys who haven't experienced this or went that way or, you know, I can tell you the world, the Bible says there's a short season of pleasure and sin. And that's what I had, guys. I had a short season of pleasure and sin. And um, I was going to open a club in San Antonio. Think about that. I was going to be a club owner. Can you can you imagine that? Me right now, a club owner. I mean, look at me right now in, front of, in a church, you know. And uh, so I invited club owners to my house. I invited uh, club promoters, people who were partying, you know, people in the lifestyle. And uh, I remember a girl, she made an advance of me that night, and I rejected it. And out of that rejection, she went home and told her boyfriend that I attacked her. And guess what happens now, right? I have three guys breaking my house while I'm in the shower. And they beat me up, guys. I was in my shower. Home invasion. Broke in my house. Just out of a lie. And beat me up. So the next morning, I look in the mirror and my face is like a pit bull ate my face. I couldn't go in public for three months, guys. Imagine that. Just think about this story. And um, what happened, my friends, get, what happens next after this, my friends want to kill these guys who did it to me. So all my friends in Lance, this isn't right. So I had, not friends really, but people who knew me plotting behind my back to kill these guys. So not only do I'm beat up, but guess what? I have, there's, a, there's a civil war in my life right now. All my friends want to kill these other guys. So I had to call a meeting just like this and set my friends down and said, look, no one kill anybody, guys. They're forgiven. Because the guy called me the next morning. Once he found out the truth, he goes, I'm so sorry, Lance. I never apologized for anybody for beating him up, but I'm sorry. I'm like, you know what? You're forgiven. I had good inside me still. God was still in my heart, guys. And um, so I spent two months home healing, wearing sunglasses, went, went in public. And um, the last friend he left, he goes, Lance, why do you choose good? Are you crazy? Why do you choose good? And he goes, man, you're crazy. And he left. I was on my couch. I'm like, why did I choose good, you know? What is good? Why did I forgive these guys, you know? Why am I not still not happy, you know? What is good? And for the first time, guys, God spoke to me. He says, I am good. And I heard his voice for the first time. You know what? I've always been fascinated when a jet breaks the sound barrier, you know, or when a bull up. You know, that can tame a line, you know, just that sound. God's voice, it tamed me, guys. You know, it was more than a sonic boom. It was more than a snap of a whip. God's voice, guys, for the first time telling me I'm good, it instantly convicted me, guys. I went from clubs to church, you know. I was so blessed that he talked to me, guys. But guess where God had me? He had me in a position where I put myself in a position where he had to talk to me. And I thank God that he did, guys. And, um... My hope for you that you never have to hear God's voice, you know, that you can keep faith in God. And if you guys haven't heard God's voice, like I never heard God's voice audibly or have a sign, you know, I want to encourage you to keep that faith, keep that childlike faith, guys, because he'll talk to you if he has to. And I always tell people, learn by instruction, not by discipline, you know. And I learned by discipline, guys. I'm sorry. I was a... And it pains me to tell you this story, guys. It pains me. I'm not proud of it now. I was proud of it when I was in the darkness, you know. 
And what happened, I just got so far out of God's word, you know, with, with no, no Bible, no word. And um, the devil stole from me, guys. He stole from me. And um, he will steal from you if you let him. You know, I want to encourage you guys, you young kids, to listen to what I have to say. When I was young, I would hear kids, people talk, and I wouldn't really pay attention because I thought they are crazy, you know. I'm not crazy, guys. I can be. I think everyone's a little crazy. But uh, at the same time, guys, I know where I've been. And I know where the, where the dark road takes you. The Bible says uh, the road of destruction is uh, is wide, and the road to heaven is narrow, and few find it, guys. Aren't you glad that we found the road to heaven in, in this room? Mm-hmm. And um, my testimony is more details than that, but uh, that's what I'm willing to share, guys. you got to know that, and I'm willing to admit it now, I made a wrong choice, guys, you know? And I made a wrong choice because I wasn't staying in my word. And what I learned when I was... When I was in my church, I was self-righteous, you know. I saw people mess up, and I judged them for it. I'm like, I've never been to a club. I've never drank. I've never committed adultery. I've never done drugs, you know. You're bad. So people let me tell you, like, this morning, the word I had for hypocrisy, I, I, I was that. The word for, like, the Pharisees, guys. The Bible warns all this. Just please just listen to it, guys. Don't judge people in this town for drinking. Don't judge people for falling, you know. I mean, we've all done stuff we're not proud of, you know. Homosexuality, guys, come on. Don't judge them. They need love, you know. I mean, you can't drive by someone and, and, and have your spirit think you're performing better, holding the rules that you hold. And, and you know, what does the Bible say? Don't don't look at the, um, what is it? Yeah. Let me get these words right. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. I lack for words here. Yeah, don't look at the um, splinter in, in their eye when, there, when there's a, when there's a, what is that? A log in your eye, right, you know? So be very careful, guys, when you cast your judgments, you know, because self-righteousness is one of the, probably the biggest traps of the devil, you know, like, because it keeps us from ministering to those spirits that need it, you know, and um, I'm still embarrassed of telling my story, guys, I'm sorry, you know, but uh, I'm not embarrassed anymore, I'm in the light now, and I'm going to have many more mess-ups, you know, I hope I can share with you, the Bible says confess your sins one to another, you know, and um, if you guys are right now burdened with a sin, burdened with a, a, a bondage of some kind, you know, confess it to another Christian, guys. This is your family, not to broadcast. Often say living in Canada is almost worse than being famous, you know. It's like paparazzi everywhere, guys, you know. I mean, um, you can't go anywhere without getting caught doing something, you know. I can only imagine you guys, because I had the privilege of being away from this. Imagine if you guys saw me in Canada doing this, you know. I would have been, I probably judged, you know. And I wouldn't blame you, but... um. Do not judge people. What I have now, I'm like the prodigal son. I read the prodigal son story when I was in church. I'm like, man, what a fool, you know? Look at me. I was a fool, guys, you know? A foolishness I got involved in. But thank God that God's a forgiving God, you know? Thank God he, he died for my sins, guys. They're covered in the blood right now, you know? And my testimony, guys, I'm saved by my testimony right now. And the testimony is important because let you know where you're at. The Bible says examine your spirit where you're at right now. And I encourage you guys to examine your spirits, right? Just put it before God, not before me. Tonight, me go home. Put your, examine your spirit, you know? Let him, let him convict you of your sin, guys. Confess it to him. And he, and let me get my scripture that I wrote down for you guys tonight. Something I learned, guys, is uh, once I got divorced, guess what? I was half a man, you know? I depended on my wife for all the paperwork, all the organization, you know? So now I'm learning to get my right hand back, you know, which is mine. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And who does that? Jesus does that, right? Who, who's our example? It's Jesus, right? So we're to do what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, God says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy past. And that's what I'm doing now. Guess what? Guess you guess brought me here today, you know? It wasn't the devil, you know? Guess, um, I'm listening to the word now, guys. He's bringing me into, into order again, you know? 
This has been a three-year process, guys. This happened three years ago to me when I got, I guess, reunited with God and saved again. So the last three years, he's, he's spoken to me, and I've kind of denied the calling, you know. And, um, and once again, thank you. For, this is my first time, Kevin. Thank you for letting me um, get up here. Because he works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? He knew that I would have a chance to talk in front of a church, you know. That would never happen. I couldn't go to anybody's church and talk in front of a church, you know. But thank God this, this is meant to be planned. Um, repentance, guys. Um, Jesus said, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall, like, you shall all likewise perish. Repentance is important to us, guys, because we're all going to be caught in sin. And, and um, God knows this. He just wants us to repent. Because what happens when you, when you hold to your sin, it takes you down, 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 down in bondage and you're in a cage. It's called bondage. It's a stronghold. Snap out of it, guys. You're free. Like Kevin preached, we're free in Christ, guys. Drop the sin. Ask for forgiveness. And if you do it again tomorrow, drop it again. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up seven times, you know? So get back up, guys. You're falling. Get back up. I did. I live to tell about it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. God has forgiven every sin, guys. He's clothed us in a robe of righteousness right now. I'm righteous through Christ. I'm standing here. Even my spotted past, guys, it's gone. It's forgotten. He's forgotten. I guess what? I haven't forgotten it. You know, you know, I'm trying to. You got you to learn to forgive yourself. A friend of mine told me, don't kick your own butt, Lance. I'm like, what does that mean? It means don't, you can't, you can't be against yourself. A house the body cannot stand. You can't, you can't, you can't hate yourself, guys. Guess what? Where you go, you are. You know, if you hate yourself, you, come on, don't hate yourself, guys. Stop hating yourself. Stop getting down on yourself, you know. You're your own cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is what I'm doing now. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all this things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That's my encouragement now, guys. One scripture that encouraged me. I know he's with me right now. The Holy Spirit lives inside me right now. And um, I'm going to sin, but guess what? I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to keep going forward. And um, thank you, thank you. And Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Kevin, you built a church here, you know? You built a church here. The gates of hell cannot cannot prevail against this, Kevin. If, 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 if you guys bond together and become a family and... Uh, be close, guys. There's a team here of players, you know. You guys can do a lot of things here, you know. I, I want to speak life into your lives. You guys, don't forget who you are, you know. Don't forget who you are in Christ. It's not you. It's who you are in Christ, you know. And, um, wow. I'm learning a lot of things about um, <laughs> preaching. I know I need more notes, you know, to fill the awkward silence, you know, and and what I'm learning is I'm in the way a lot. I want to I want to speak things in my language because what God has a God God has a bridle on me a bit in my mouth right now, you know. And He's slowly tells me when to talk and when not to, and I have to learn to be obedient to that. And what's, I'm so thankful that I have this chance because you guys realize um, God's going to use me. Why is that? Because because I gave myself to God, not because I'm any better, guys. Because I just surrendered, you know. And uh, I hope everyone here surrenders tonight. Just surrender, guys. God has a plan for you. I mean. There's more to your life than your last achievement. Something I read, the smallest act of obedience is better than the um, than the best intention. Just a small act, guys. Just just start letting God do small things. Let, let him let him move you. I mean just give yourself to God. Like be a willing vessel and he will fill you. And people who have fought the fight, I see a lot of people back here who have fought the fight and all this I know people here, you have fought a long fight, you know. And uh 
It's like, and I want to tell you about like the the prodigal son brother. The brother was uh, when he came home. The brother was like, "Wait, this guy did all this, and I've been doing I've been doing this all this long." Guys, you have your rewards. You know, you have your rewards. Like God's not gonna God's not gonna cheat you. He's faithful. You know. So just remember what you have. You know, and don't and don't get down on the on the um, on the people that are falling. Love them when they come back. You know, go get them. You know, go meet them halfway. You know, run run to the run to the front door when they come in here. You know, they're lost, guys. There's a lot of lost souls that need your love. You know, learn to love yourself. Learn to love others. The Bible says he commands, guys. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> I serve a king. I'm, I'm not here. I'm here tonight under orders. You know, I would have rather stayed home in fear. But guess what? <laughs> I have a king, guys. You realize we have a king. We have royalty that we serve. I mean, that's huge to me, guys. I couldn't imagine a king. You know, but we have a king, and. Um, I want to encourage you guys. Don't forget who you are in Christ. We're we're more than conquerors, you know, right? Wow. Well, I know it's getting, it's getting late again, but um, I've said the basis what I need to say. Uh, right now, I mean, I, I want to be a, I want to be a motivator, and, and I want to challenge you guys to 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 look in your own spirits right now and see what God's telling you. You know, I know what God's telling me, and. Um, Change is scary, but like my testimony, which is the high points, every every phase of my life, every new step has been huge risk. There, there, there's a wall of fear that stops you guys. And I want to speak to people who are facing fear right now, whether it's a job, whether it's a loved one, a sickness. Your faith is being challenged, guys. Your faith is being tested. And um, I heard something help me out. It says the teacher is solid in, during the test. I've had a huge moment with God on the mountain, and I've, I felt his presence heard his voice but three years later guess what sometimes he's silent sometimes you don't hear his voice and just like in uh in class the teacher is silent in the test you know he wants to know if you know the answers so um i want to encourage you don't look at your neighbor's answers don't look what everybody else is doing look god god's telling you something to do right now in your test you know the answers they're in your soul right now so do what you got to do in your life like be obedient guys and um and follow and follow your calling i mean you all you're all Everyone here is special, guys. You're chosen, you know. Everyone here, there's no one here better than anyone else. We're spirits, guys, created by God. He spent time on us. You realize we're all different, guys. We have our special gifts. We're a body here. If you work together, you guys work together here and just follow God. Guys, we can change. you can change Kennard. That sounds crazy. I mean, you live in Kennard so long, you think it can't be changed. You think people who are who they are. But I think a huge testimony, like I think it was one, my, my mom's family, James Ricky, right? Did you say James Ricky got saved in this church? Ricky, Ricky Starr, Ricky Starr. Ricky Starr, I mean, how long was he out there, you know? He, he came walking these doors and got saved, you know? Praise God for that, you know? And, and uh, Ricky Starr, he's he's just like us, guys. You know, he just got lost on the track, you know? And God brought him in here, and, and uh, I found that amazing, you know? And I think if anyone saw him on the side of the road, they probably would have judged him, you know? I know I did. I was scared of him, you know? <laughs> he's a bad guy. But praise God, he got saved, you know, and God's working on him. I've been a bad guy, guys. You've all been bad. You, there's something you've done that you don't want anybody to know. And the privilege I have, guys, I can come here. Um, I think that it's crazy I'm an evangelist because an evangelist is uh, someone who can say something that the preacher gets fired for, you know. <laughs> so so that's, that's why it's my calling, guys. I'm going to be going to churches around the world here and giving my testimony. And I'm going to polish up a lot more, you know. I'm going to fill in the awkward silences. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the fear, guys, and I'm gonna keep going my way. I'm gonna save souls, guys. You know, 
I'm going to encourage people, guys. I'm going to work for God, you know? And um, I've learned that the power of life is in the tongue, death and life. And God says, I set before you blessing and curse, life and death. You choose, guys. You realize you have free will? You realize your attitude is your attitude? You realize that? You know, your smile is, is in your full control of your brain, you know? You can make your smile. You know, you can help. You can serve. You can love, guys. It's a choice, you know? It's a choice to love. I used to make excuses. Oh, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, this is how I show emotion, you know? But is that how God shows emotion? You know, he's our example, guys. You know, don't look at me. Look at the guy standing behind me, guys. It's coming through me right now. You know, amen, amen. Praise God, you know, for that one. That was revelation right there, you know? Well, and when it comes to me, guys, the anointing comes, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, you know? You know, thank you, Jesus, because he's also living water, guys. You realize that? He thirsts no more, you know? Wow. Well, I'm just in awe, guys, and let me have this moment here because I see your faces, right? This is this is my first time up here, guys, and thank you for the privilege, you know? Like, thank you for this, for the positive feedback, for receiving this message, for sitting through my dysfunction and my and my first time, you know? It's been an honor, guys. I mean, really, I'm honored. It's a privilege. I realized, I told Kevin, you know, like, I'm, I don't want to do it, you know? He said, Lance, you realize it's a privilege to be called by God? It's a privilege, guys, up here, like, thank God he's using me because in heaven, when I put my crown down, Praise God, guys, you know? Praise God. We all have a crown, you know? You all have a crown, guys. Come on, church. Your spirits are up now. I feel it now. Thank God. You know, he's faithful. He showed up, you know? He's, he's a last-minute God in my book, but he's an on-time God, you know? I'm like, where was he even on day one? The first sentence I said, he's right here now, guys. Feel the spirit. Feel the spirit, guys. Be encouraged right now. Who you are, let your spirit stand up right now. Your flesh is holding you down, beloved. It's holding you down. Oh, thank you, Father. In Revelations, it says there's going to be a moment of silence. I think 30 minutes of silence where everyone stands around. And I do that right now. Imagine 30 minutes of silence. I wonder, I think it's going to be the saints seeing their family to eternal doom. Just wow. Just kind of like a not talking anymore, not keeping busy, but seeing the game play out, you know, the, the curtain pull back and seeing what's who's who in the zoo, I say, seeing Jesus Christ, God, and Jesus Christ on the right hand of the Father, you know, the horse's adjustment coming down, you know, seven seals is dealt, you know, guys, imagine that right now, you're seated in heaven right now, imagine that, and what, what would you do, and what would you go back and change, who would you save, who would you talk to, that one little word of love, you know, I'm glad I came here tonight. I'm glad I came here tonight. Praise God. Fear is not faith, guys. If we're operating in fear, guess what? You're in the wrong gear. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He's, he's faithful, guys. He proved it again, you know? He proved it again. I want you guys to hold on to this feeling that you felt tonight. I know I will, you know. 
I take my first step, I'm going to take another, and I'm, gonna, I'm wobbly, but guess what? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to fall. Guess what? And all these kids here, God gives examples through life. When you see your kids fall, come on. You won't keep them down. You know, he says, you who are evil, you know, you will still, you know. Oh, I need more scripture. That's some revelation. Lance, study that scripture, you know. <laughs> study that scripture. Get it in you, you know. Let's get it in me, you know. Because I would say it too. If I had it in me, it would be like this. Because it convicts. It convicts, you know. These kids, man, I, I, I pray for them, you know. Mm. I speak life into the life. You know, I'm going to, you kids, listen to your parents, you know. Listen to your parents. Mom. Awkward silence. No, just. <laughs> I th- I think I've um, I think I've said my word here tonight. You know, I think his word tonight I've spoken, and I hope you guys are encouraged, and I hope you guys make some changes in your lives tonight. You know, um, I'm not gonna challenge anyone, but uh, Kevin, what's your vision for this church? Well, now that now that the spirits are exposed, here, what do you want from this church, Kevin? I remember one time I was preaching and I said this, and, you know, God wouldn't need Kevin Alford in Kennard if all of the other preachers that are already here were doing what they were supposed to be doing. There wouldn't be a purpose for me to be here. If, it was, if the work was already being done, I wouldn't need to be here. Now, that being said, I am here. So, I'm not trying to toot my own horn tonight. But look, God put me here for a purpose There is a purpose why I'm in this church and why He saw fit to send the wonderful people that He sent to this church. And y'all, I'm going to tell y'all, I've got a wonderful congregation. I've got some just, I mean, salt of the earth kind of people. But y'all, we can keep coming and and just do this from now until eternity. But if we don't get outside of our current circle of influence and expand our borders, reach into the unknown and start start taking back some of what Satan's stolen. What in the world do we come here for? What is the purpose? I mean, look, I, I can stay home and feed myself on the Word. I don't need you for that. Right? You don't need me for that. Jude said, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, right? You can do that yourself. So why do we come together? Well, we encourage one another, obviously. But listen, we've got to unite as an army. That is our purpose, an army. The body of Christ coming together to to reach those that are currently lost. Those that are in darkness need to see the light. They need to see the, that there is hope. There is a way out of darkness. Over in Psalms it says that they don't know what they stumble at. It makes sense, right? They're in darkness. You ever walk through a house and trip over something that wasn't supposed to be there? You don't know what you tripped on until you turn the light on. 
So what I want to see is, and look, this is where you come in. We've got a handful of people in our church, and y'all, if, if you get mad at what I'm going to say, I, I'm sorry, you just have to get mad. If you get mad, it's probably because it rubbed you the wrong way, and there's a reason why. we got a handful of people in our church that that really try to do what they need to do and are actively seeking God and actively trying to serve God. And we got a whole lot of people that like, man, they love God. Don't get me wrong, I ain't trying to say you don't love God. They come to church and they go home. Never one time do they ask the pastor or anybody else here, hey, is there something I can do? Is there something we can be doing? When was the last time? Y'all ask yourself a question now. And you, you look deep in your heart right now. When was the last time you prayed and said, God, what do I need to be doing for you? You see, we go to God a lot of times, and I'm going to tell you, this is my own personal, my own personal prayer. I go to God a lot of times and I say, God, would you do this? God, bless my family. Protect us, Lord. God, be with my church. Protect those people. But when, how many times do we go to God and say, God, what do I need to be doing? God, where do we need to be headed? What do we need to be watching for? When was the last time you woke up in the morning and said, God, give me an opportunity today to tell somebody about Jesus. God, give me the words to say so that when that opportunity comes, I say the right thing and not the wrong thing. When was the last time you got up and said, God, I'm going to open my Bible for the next few minutes. Make sure I read the right thing that I need for today. Give me understanding into this Word. You see, when you begin to read and seek God, He will begin to open up things that you never thought about. You'll read the same Scripture you've read a hundred times, all of a sudden the Word of life is in front of you. It ain't just words on a page anymore because God begins to speak to you through that Word. But you ain't going to see that if you're not asking Him for it, if you're not seeking Him diligently. You're not going to know what His plan is for this church if you're not praying about it. If you're not saying, God, what can I do? You see, there's a point I reached in my life, and those of you that come to attend this church have heard me say this before. There was a time I reached a point in my life where I didn't care anymore what it took. I knew I needed something from God. I knew it didn't matter how long it took me. I was going to stay down at the altar. I was going to pray. If I didn't get it that time, I was going to come back the next time. I was going to get what I needed and what I came for. And you know, you get that kind of attitude with God. It says He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. You begin to put God first. What's the word say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I ain't talking about cars and houses. I'm talking about all the blessings that God has for you. When are you going to start seeking the things God has for you? Not what this world has to offer. Church, we've got to unite. I've been working on y'all. 
Well, let me t- let me change that. God's been working on you. He's been working on me, y'all. You don't know. See, it's easy for you to sit there and you see a guy before you that preaches this word and you think, well, man, he's got it all together. I'm telling y'all. God has been working on me. I don't feel worthy to stand before you most of the time, but I do it out of obedience. I'm here to tell y'all tonight, He's building the church. He's building soldiers. And y'all need to get ready to fight. I'm telling you right now, the battle is already here. The war is going on all around you. Any of y'all that have kids in the school and you go up there any time of the day, you know what I'm talking about. The war is all around us. But if we just sit back and let Satan run us over, you know what that makes us? It makes us captives. I don't want to be a captive. I want, I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm tired of getting attacked. I'm tired of seeing my family and my, my surrounding friends, all of those in this community, just, just being overwhelmed day after day after day, thinking there ain't no way. This is just the way it is. That is not the way it is. I serve a mighty king. Master of everything. I serve the great God Jehovah. Somebody give Him praise in the house of God tonight. He is the great I Am. He is the Master of all things. He is the great God Jehovah. There is none greater than Him. We need to live like it. I didn't think I was going to preach tonight. I think it's time to move into the next phase. I didn't know if we was going to get to this today or not. But I feel God's laying it on my heart right now. You know, we've been talking about fasting. So here's your challenge. I've already made my mind up. And a couple weeks ago, I asked you to be thinking about it. I'm going to fast for three days. Look, I'm telling you this, not because I'm boasting. I'm not trying to say, I want my reward from God. I don't want it in public. Well, I'm telling you this as, as, as your spiritual leader, okay? I'm going to fast three days. And after that, we'll see. I may go further, but that's my definite answer. I'm doing three days. I want you to decide what you're going to do. Now listen, during a fast, you need to be... It's not just about put not eating, okay? You need to spend some time in prayer. I want you all to pray with me and seek the next step, the next direction for this church. And guys, I, look, I need commitment. I can't do this on my own. God didn't put you here to just ride. He didn't put you here to just ride. Look, I've seen people come in this church and leave and didn't care anything about being here, and I was glad to see them go. Because that's not who God wants. Look, I'd welcome them back in a heartbeat. But I know if they left, God had a reason. But I've seen a whole lot of come and stay. And I see something in you. Oh, I see potential. I see great potential. 
I see what God wants to do, and I see Him assembling a people, an army. Listen, if I had to go pick an army, I'd be real careful who I picked. I'd look around and say, okay, that one over there, he knows how to fight. That one over there, oh man, they know how to pray. Yeah, let's see who else we got here. You see, I'd be real careful. Thank God that He can pick them better than I can. But look, He's put you here for a reason. Now let's unite. I want you to know this next week, we're going to have this church open. My wife will be around. And she's probably thinking, well, that's a surprise. I had plans this week. We'll have somebody here. The church will be open. Y'all come and pray. I know some of you work. you got other things to do, and I'm, I'm keeping y'all here a long time tonight. But y'all come and pray. If you can't come here, you get wherever you are, and you spend time praying for this church. Pray for me. Pray for your, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray, pray for those that ain't here tonight. And look, I'll, be, I'll just be blunt with you. I know some of you are here tonight because I told you there's going to be entertainment. <laughs> right? That's good. I'm glad you're here. Don't get me wrong. Glad you're here. But what about next Sunday night? Hmm? What about Wednesday night for women's ministry? Are you going to be here then? Y'all think on it now. I see I need commitment. I need people to say, you know what? Here I am. Send me. That's what Isaiah said. He said, here I am, Lord. Send me. I'll be the one to go. We need volunteers. Amen? We need people to say, I'll go. I'll do it. You can count on me because I said I would, right? That's, we need honorable people. People that will stand up and, and do what they said they will do.